0: Oh, good morning. It's nice to be back with you again. <laughs> You're looking well. It must be the country air, I think. <laughs> John was talking about prayer. Um, Edna and I go to Beulah Baptist Church in Bex Hill, and um, it's a large congregation, but they've got a lot of sick people, something like 30 on the prayer list. Um, and it's got to such a state that it was decided to have a day of prayer last week. So. Wednesday from nine in the morning to ten thirty or ten o'clock in the evening, in shifts of one hour, the church came to prayer. Um, So we're looking for results from that to get that prayer list shrunk right down. Some of them are seriously ill. um, Some of them not so seriously. But um, you know, when it goes on and on and on, and people just keep getting sicker and sicker, you've got to do something, and uh, prayer is the answer, of course. We should have done that earlier, I suppose, but there we are. (laughs) Um, I'd like to bring a reading, 1 John 1, verses 1 to 4, um, and then to talk about that. It's headed the word of life. That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we've seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, We write this to make our joy complete. John in that passage is just bursting to convince people about Jesus. Um, If you put yourself in his position to have actually talked to Christ, touched him, leaned back on him. If you remember at the communion table at the Last Supper, it was John that leant back against Christ to say something to him. So, John knows for sure all about Jesus, and uh, he he just can't contain himself to tell people about it. Um, Can you imagine it? Touching, speaking, being with Christ, shoulder to shoulder. Um, You can understand his enthusiasm, and he just wants to enthuse everybody else. He wrote it all out, and... uh, just wanted to uh, let people know that Christ is real. It was to Christ that it was sorry. It was to John that Jesus gave the care of his mother after he'd been crucified. Um, he called on John to look after her, which John did. Um, it's the story is that they ended up in Ephesus, where there is a St- remains of a St John's church and that Mary spent much of her time over there. So John was uh, totally trusted by Christ and used by him. In John 19, uh, talking about the crucifixion, John writes, The man, that's John, who saw it, has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies that you also may believe. These things happened... So that Scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken, and as another Scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. So John did his level best to spell out the truth of the death of Jesus and his subsequent resurrection, and the other disciples back this up with their writings. They all agree with what John had to say. Luke in Acts 1 says, Jesus showed himself to the apostles and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, says that after Jesus appeared to Peter and then the twelve, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers, some of whom were still alive when Paul was writing. So there's little reason to um, date the truth of the gospel. Um, for 500 people to have seen him, and some of them had passed on with the time John wrote this, but many were still alive at that time, still talking about what had happened. And it went all around the area, Jerusalem and Israel and all around. Um, Israelis tend to tell the truth. Um, you remember in the Six-Day War, um, we had all kinds of reports coming back from the countries around Israel, about what was happening. But most of it was a pack of lies. The only ones you could believe in the end were the Israelis, because they told it as it was. It was a difficult time for them, um, and there was noted a it that God was honoring their honesty. Um, troops, I think they were Syrian, with tanks, who were about to descend on Jerusalem, got right close to the city, and... For some reason, and even the tank crews don't know, they stopped and turned back and retreated. Now, <laughs> that doesn't happen in war normally, but that was um, a fact, and uh, God was prevailing there. So John, who was, of course, a Jew, um, had that streak of honesty in him, and there's no reason why we should doubt anything that John has told us. If you accept the truth of the gospel, what else is needed? In Hebrews 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That sin is usually taken to be pride, an overruling um, thing, pride. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. and one of them said, he could wear eight a pair of shoes in three weeks. And the other one said, well, I can wear eight a pair of jeans in two weeks. And the last one said, I can wear eight my grandparents in one hour. Now, I don't know how many of you are grandparents, but you'll know the truth of that. Um, just a, a comical example of the perseverance as being talked of in this race that's marked out for us. We've just got to keep on at it. There's a passage in Luke's Gospel that troubles a lot of people. It's about the cost of following Jesus and says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now this doesn't mean that you shun your parents or your brothers and sisters, of course. It means that your love for Christ has got to be over and and above all. It's got to be paramount. So that they use the word hate in the Bible, but what it means is love less. So, if you come across that passage and it troubles you, just remember that... um, all it's asking you to do is to put Christ over all. Um, it's difficult, even your wife and even yourself. Uh, Christ has got to be paramount. It's a Christian's uh, re- something that's required of Christians. It's important for the Christian to finish life well. Um, sadly, there are examples in the Bible of good Christians or what well, not called Christians in those days, but followers of God who couldn't do that. Uh, Solomon and Gideon are two examples. Although they led a life where God blessed them thoroughly, right at the end they turned and um, went their own way. They married wives who weren't uh, followers of God. They did all sorts of things. They worshipped idols. It's hard to think how Solomon, with all the blessings that he received, could do that. Um, so it's something we need to guard against, particularly um, when you become elderly and um, you know, you've, you've led a good life, you've followed the Christian code. Um, you've got to watch it at the end, that you don't uh, drift away. The pastor and author Max Lucado suggests that life is less about finishing everything and more about finishing the right things well. I mean, they were wise words, finishing the right things well. It's all too easy towards the end of life to think, I can't do that now, and anyway, I've done my stint. I had a grandson, and uh, I think he was about uh, seven or eight at the time, and his favourite saying to me was, you can do it, Grandad. Now, I ended up on the Big Apple at Hastings, at the fun fair and i hate those things they go round and back and forward and you 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 know you get dizzy um uh, so i fell for it every time every time i took him down there he'd say i want to go on the fair and i'd say no that's not what you want to do let's go and have a toffee apple but he would say you yeah, know that big apple you can do it granddad and i'd finish up on that wretched uh thing again <laughs> So there's ample proof that Jesus lived and dies and rose again. There's no reason to date that he will come back again. People never believed that Christ would come the first time. They waited and waited and waited, despite the prophecies, um, 500-year prophecies in the case of Isaiah. But he did come, and he will come back again. There's no doubt about it. We've just got to persevere on our faith for as long as it takes. I don't know whether you remember, l- some time ago when I was here, I mentioned that book, Heaven is for Real, and I believe that a number of you bought it and read it. Well, it's uh, apparently sold 10 million copies, it's been put into 39 languages, and now it's being turned into a film, which is being shown in the United States uh, to great acclaim. Box offices are uh, overwhelmed, and it's coming here, and I think probably within the next month or so it'll be being shown here. I think it's probably worth going to see because it's made such a huge impact throughout the world. It's had a lot of critics. You know, a lot, a lot of folk have really condemned it. And the um, the guy that wrote it, that was um, Todd Burpo, um, has, has even been attacked. He had to have protection. <laughs> so... Um, but he stuck. He stuck to it, and uh, I believe that he. It is true. There's no reason to doubt that it's not true. But anyway, for what it's worth, I'd just like you to know that um, you know the film will be coming, and its its name, of course, is Heaven for Heaven is for Real. So if you've read the book, you can see the film, um, and uh, hopefully give you a better insight into it. Hollywood apparently has done extremely well on this. They often doctor things up, but I gather they've been pretty true to the story, what the book said. Well, I don't want to say any more this morning, I just want to emphasize that, that um, we've got a good God, John has proven that he is a real God, the resurrection was true, and all the things you read in the Bible you can accept. So can we pray along those lines? Dear Lord, thank you for the Bible and the details given, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Help us to persevere in our belief, strengthen our faith, enthuse us with the love for the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen.